This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by the incredible poet and author Dean Atter. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really good. Really glad to be here. Well, it's amazing to have you here. Um, and I know you're here to talk about your new book, The Black Flamingo. That's right. Which, off air, I just got wrong and called it The Pink Flamen- Flamingo. <laughs> so I got telling off for that. <laughs> no one needed to know. You didn't need to admit that to No, them. I did. I did. I, I felt for my own conscience <laughs> that I, ne- I, needed to cl- I needed to clear the air there. Oh, um, but you are a poet and an author. So let's talk about your background. How did you, how did you get into poetry to begin with? I got into poetry as a way of kind of like processing things I wasn't ready to talk about Mm -hmm. so that could be anything from like being mixed race and just living with one of my parents and so like only really knowing my Greek Cypriot side of the family um, kind of and then you know I knew the Jamaican family but I wasn't living with my dad and so that was something I wrote about quite a lot Um, being gay or kind of realizing I was gay I did that through many many poems um took me like love poems and kind of angsty poems and all sorts of things to kind of process that and um yeah being a young person like you just there's a lot you get angry about a lot of things yeah and, and I think yeah when I look back at my um uh, younger younger self in poetry I, I see how angry he was and like it's not that I'm not angry now I'm just a bit more I guess pragmatic about things so my poetry was really like um where you saw my fire and my angst and my passions of all sorts. Yeah, you don't. You don't seem like a very angry person sat with you no, now. You seem so it's relaxed all the yoga and serene. And meditation I do these days <laughs> and all the therapy I've had, so I'm a lot more chilled out. Um, and you know, I wish I'd found some of those things when I was younger, actually. Um, but I had poetry. I, I, I definitely think there is a, a place for you know anger. You know, especially mm-hmm. when talking about like these kind of issues in your place and figuring yourself out and I guess were you, were you sharing this poetry when you were younger or was it some was it kind of just an outlet for you to figure yourself out um I shared it for the first time when I was about 17 years okay. old at an open mic night in Covent Garden at the Poetry Cafe and um it was to a room of strangers so it kind of felt great because I did use my real name but I didn't have to I could have gone there and be completely anonymous to those people and just shared that and never gone back but actually I had a really good reception and people came to speak to me there was a particular poem I think I'd written about my dad and someone else kind of came up to me and said you know I've had a similar experience I really related to that poem and I felt that initial connection and that felt really good because these were things I wasn't really talking about but Mm -hmm. then Um, through the poetry opened up dialogue with other people and that was really great for me back then I really um, appreciated that kind of dialogue that came at those events Mm -hmm. did you find that um, like were you talking about these issues with friends etc or was it very much that you would you know you were creating this poetry on Mm. your own and then you were stepping out onto a stage for the first time and 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 sharing this a lot of the time that was it yeah stepping out for the first time with these 
private thoughts and then making them public to a room full of strangers. I don't know why I didn't show my friends first, um, <laughs> but um, I think I think sometimes it can be it, it's quite daunting to show our friends. I think sometimes mm. it's it's in a way easier yeah. to share it with complete yeah. strangers. Is that is that how you felt? Yeah, and I I mean I did perform as a child, so I did like musical theatre. I did singing and dancing and acting, and so I was used to being on stage and performing. But it was always other people's words. Yeah, and so when it was my own words, the the stakes felt a lot higher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I did all the school plays and talent shows as well as stuff on the West End. So I wasn't scared to perform. But when it came to those open mic poetry nights, I was terrified, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's led to something amazing, yeah, which, which yeah. is incredible. And yes. and I think you know you were saying that you have been on a journey. You've gone from that place where it was very angry mm. to begin with, and now mm. you're in a place where I think you said it pragmatic was your word yeah. of choice. Eh? Though because this book is written for teenagers, I've tried to. Um, and capture some of that anger again um, through the characters that I've written. So everyone in the book is a teenager and um, their anger and passion is, is, is there and feels really authentic because I do a lot of work with young people and so th- and I do poetry workshops with young people so they are really angry. There's a lot for them to be angry about and so I wanted to speak to that and um, you know put that in writing like I encourage um, the young people I work with to do as well. So um, yeah, it was really fun writing teenage characters with with the kind of all the sense of I've got the solution and I, I know all the answers and sometimes they do. It's just hard to implement some of those things um, in this kind of like climate of capitalism and, and mm-hmm. all the other things that are going on that make it really hard to make really big changes it's that a, we need. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. Mm, mm. So g- can you give us um, an overview about what the book is about? Yeah, okay. So The Black Flamingo is about a boy called Michael growing up and coming out, coming to terms with his sexuality, um, making friends and falling in love and then going to university and becoming a drag queen. Um, and so that's kind of like the phenomenon is when he kind of really steps into his power and discovers um, this kind of like the joy of performing in drag and it really opens him up and gives him a fresh perspective on like the potential for himself and his life so um, yeah and I think anyone that's done drag or watches drag can see how empowering it is for those that do it and the audiences because it shows you a possibility beyond what you might see on a day-to-day basis and I think we all need that and so, so would, would you say it's a, it's a celebratory piece? You know, I can, I can see it in so. front of me, and it's got a, it's got a lovely bright cover there, and it looks like a very yeah. We've yeah. got flamingos on the cover, yeah, um, both pink and the black flamingo. We've got Michael in his full drag um, with feathers, and um, you know he's looking quite soulful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a great and, way um, to describe it! Yeah, and it, it, it's really it is a celebration. And throughout the book, you know, he has his challenges as one would. It's you know any teenager has challenges and being black and gay you have challenges Mm. but he with the support of friends and family really kind of comes through stronger um through them all so it's um yeah definitely a celebration i wanted it to be hopeful i wanted it to um leave people feeling really optimistic and empowered and you know for me it's like a book i wish i had when i was a teenager and so that's really really yeah that's really lovely to hear and i think it's actually something that's quite a rarity you know especially when we're talking about kind of intersectional minorities Mm. i think so much kind of queer fiction it kind of does it it resides in the miserable and the gritty and yeah. I know that's important and it's, in, mm. it's important mm. to you know 
tell those stories and to explore those ideas and to talk about those issues. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's just, you know, we we need a little bit of celebration. Mm. And, and that's not to say you can't talk about important topics, yeah. which I'm sure that you have done And there's an awareness of this. those things going on in this book. So, like, when Michael does come out to his mother, the first thing she says to him is, you've got to use protection, you've got to be careful about HIV. So there's an awareness of things like that. But I didn't want to write that narrative where he, he contracts HIV yeah. and that becomes the story because there are many of those stories told so well, um, especially things dealing with the 80s and the AIDS e- epidemic and all the people we lost. So I think those stories are so important to have and we have them. Um, and so they're in books and they're in films and they're in plays. And, you know, I, I really welcome them. I think they're important for people to know that history and remember it. Um, but this is now and now things are slightly different for young people. And um, yeah, I wanted to show a young person that's empowered, that has all the vocabulary at their disposal to describe themselves and 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 who they are in the world and kind of can find a support network quite quickly um, as soon as they're coming out. So, um, yeah, when I was younger, it, it didn't seem that possible to, like, just kind of say who you are and and be accepted whereas now it is like that for young people Um, it is possible you know it's not always going to happen but it is possible so I wanted to give that sense of hope and possibility would you say it was almost it would have been for instance if we had been given a book like this when we were growing up would Mm. you have said that it was almost would have been like irresponsible to give us that hope you know or do you think yeah, I mean, the first line of the, the book is like, this book is a fairy tale. Um, and I do feel like I have written a fairy tale. It's like best case scenario. Like, this is all the good things going on um, for this for this person. And I think, um, why not, though? We yeah, fairy tales. Absolutely. I grew up on, on, on Disney as well as all the other things. And I think sometimes it's nice to have the happy ending. And um, But yeah, I just think it might have been, I don't know, irresponsible is an interesting um choice of word but maybe yeah to show, say yeah come out everyone's going to love you it might not have been the case for, for you or I but it is in the it right is now the it is yeah. yeah and especially with the future I think you know the the way rights and things are progressing mm. you know I think the world is only going to get better and better and I think it's it's time we give people a little bit of hope mm. you know mm. um, I think so many of us struggled when we were growing up because we were told that it was going to be miserable and that we we're going to struggle and mm. you know it's, it's just nice to have that kind of feeling of excitement and hope for the future definitely let's talk a little bit about um i think i feel like you've put a lot of yourself into the book (laughs) is that true my mum thinks so because i I understand you do a little bit of drag as well i do drag and i but i only came to drag in my 30s i'm 34 i came to drag a few years ago and um it was something that i wished i'd done when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. wished i'd done in my 20s but was a bit scared of how much i might like it or how much it might challenge my sense of myself as a man and so I just didn't didn't go down that road until I just kind of saw the perfect thing advertised it was like a 10-week course called the art of drag and I was like that sounds amazing and it's run by Michael Twaits who's an amazing um, drag performer who describes himself as a man in a dress and I was like that's what I would be like and so that was kind of like the the kind of like that what attracted me to it was that it wasn't saying um, you kind of have to make definite choices it's not going to affect your gender identity it's just about like trying something and so it kind of reminded me of the acting I did was that when I was a child and I was like this is this can be a character the black flamingo and so that's my drag character as well as the black flamingo the same Very as nice. I've chosen for Michael in the book so that 
is the link there whereas everything happened for Michael in his teens like some things have only happened for me very recently so I didn't step into high heels until very recently and um, yeah I was missing out clearly <laughs> well there, there is that idea about you know LGBT plus people kind of having to experience things for the first time quite a lot later in life mm. especially you know if you grew if you grew up in the 80s 90s or, or even earlier perhaps yeah. um, and you know and, and now we are given these freedoes and yeah. it's like you know I've, I've never really done drag properly mm. you know and, and I could try that tomorrow and oh, that'd, be the, great um, that'd be the you'd be great for it <laughs> I think I'd look alright yeah, I'd, I'd, so. I'd look okay you know I could try that tomorrow at 30 years old but I think it's amazing now how we're seeing so many young people coming to things like the art of drag for instance mm. like I think it's absolutely incredible that there's all these I like there's all these like 18 year old drag queens running around London now yeah. and I might be wrong but I don't think it used to be that way 10 years ago 15 years ago because no. I think you know it was something that people were coming to much much later mm. and I think that's because we're in a place now where you know LGBT plus people feel more comfortable to come out at a younger age so they feel more comfortable to start trying things like Definitely. drag so you know a character like yours I think is, is, is very relevant for the yeah. modern day but like you said a lot of us come to things a bit later so you know I've had friends and partners who only came out in their 20s and 30s you know and so there have been people that said I'm not a teenager but I'm going to buy this book because actually I need to read something like this yeah. I need to be empowered and um, yeah so I'm not limiting the audience of the book for just teenagers I think anyone who wants to read it is really welcome to and I hope they do um, and I think yeah things are are changing and I think young people um, are doing amazing things right now and so I'm just really happy to witness and kind of sometimes stand on stage alongside some amazing young people and uh, yeah it gives me a lot of hope I'm talking like I'm not young like, <laughs> but we're in, very young people yeah. <laughs> I'm not an old old man what are those youths doing um, I, I know that you must have like a, or, or perhaps you've already done it but like a, a tour around the book coming up or you've already done that I've got a series of shows coming up and I've done a few already and um, the black flamingo cabaret is kind ah. of the show that i host and have guest performers at and so the next one will be in october um at king's place in london and it's with poet in the city an amazing organization that works with poets and i've got travis alabanza and c sharp as my travis. two guests you love travis travis is great travis is up in edinburgh at the moment doing a show called burgers so everyone should go see it if they can everyone should go see burgers <laughs> we actually had travis on the show about a year ago yeah um, and they were talking about it then um absolutely love them absolute superstar yeah yeah um, so that, that that's so exciting and i i know you assume you're going to be doing spoken word and things like yeah, that yeah i'm well. going to be reading from book i'm going to be doing um drag and um yeah I've, I've got lots of shows up and down the country i'm going up to edinburgh as well to the book festival to do a couple dates up there um this month and also something down in brighton um coast is queer which is a queer literary festival that's happening so i'll be there in september on the 13th of september um and there's going to be a, a queer cabaret and um um, it's going to be amazing. So there's so much going on now yeah. in literature, in drag, like queer artists are kind of like really stepping to the forefront, artists and authors. And it's just been um, a really great thing to be part of, to see that, you know, people like Travis is a household name, like, and I'm hoping with my book that could be the same for me. So I'm just really excited that we're putting these positive, affirming messages out there collectively. Well, I mean, what a time to be alive. It's, it's so <laughs> exactly. exciting. And, and, and I mean, congratulations on, on, on everything. Um, what, what, what is the hope for it? Because this is your second book, isn't it? Yeah. So my first book was a poetry collection. Yeah. This one is a novel, but still in verse. So if you 
flick through the pages it, it is a series of poems but they're telling a story so oh, I um, love that yeah and that was kind of the, the reason they got me to write a novel That's because if they said just sit down and write a prose novel that might have been a bit of a challenge but because I've written it a poem at a time to tell the story it just felt like what I do naturally but just doing it over a longer form and so that's yeah, incredible really has, has has that been done before oh yeah there's oh, quite been, a few oh, okay i thought you invented that okay. I didn't invent <laughs> oh you couldn't let me give you credit for it no, nobody, nobody no would have known. people would not have allowed me to take credit for verse novels <laughs> well it, it it sounds amazing um and i'm really really excited to read it and it's out tomorrow on the 8th of august yes everywhere everywhere all and good bookstores online audiobook did you do the audiobook i did the audiobook oh. so if you like this voice i can read a whole story to you i could i could i could listen to that voice all all night long i could so i think the audiobook might be one for me um shall we have a bit of music dean yeah all right let's have a little bit of heart to break kim petras That was Heart to Break by Kim Petrus. And to our lovely listeners, you, anyone who listens to this show knows that we are absolutely obsessed with Kim Petrus over here. And we are lucky enough to be giving away two tickets to go and see her in London. So if you do want to get involved with that, you can head over to the FUBAR Radio Instagram, follow them, follow Kim Petrus on Insta, and then go onto the post and tag a mate do it as many times as you like every single time you do it is an entry and you and a friend could be going on to see kim petras and i i think i'm i want to go it's 27th of august it's gonna be an amazing time it's in heaven we love kim absolutely love kim do you love kim dean you've just introduced me to her today <laughs> and i do love it it was really fun i was bopping around she, in the studio she has so many good songs as well like okay. it's literally like bop after bop it's like Great. beyonce you know she's okay. just like a, a lot of good music I'm sold <laughs> <laughs> shall we play a game dean yeah okay this game is queers throughout the years okay how are you how are you with your lgbt plus history um i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> i feel like every time we play this game everybody's afraid to say that they like oh yeah i know a bit about like lgbt plus history because they don't want to be showed shown up yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but we do tend to go quite niche so okay. in front of me i have five facts taken from lgbt plus history some right. of them are true okay and some of them have been completely fabricated oh, no. by my lovely producers okay. um, <laughs> i do not know whether these are true or oh, false you don't either. know either okay, no good. and i don't have the answers in front of me okay. um so we're gonna work together okay great to, to try and figure these out and i i reckon we'll i think we can i think i think we'll make a good go of it okay i, I think we can get at least a few of these right okay let's do it <laughs> fingers let's do crossed it. <laughs> um okay our first one gay icons mm-hmm. ellen degeneres mm-hmm. and madonna yeah are related i can't see how Ellen is a fair bit younger than Madonna. Yeah, but that's not how rela- no, no, relations that's not work. How relations work. <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, what if they were related? Like, what, what would the, what would it be? Like, like distant, distant cousins? Is Madonna Italian? Is that her background? Perhaps. I think so. Going to say yes. I thought she was. Um, I don't really know Madonna's kind of background like in terms of like i know she's what's a her, white woman like what's her name what's the generous what where's that from it sounds 
German? Maybe? No, Madonna. No. Madonna's name. Oh, I should know that. Um, I have no idea what Madonna's name is. Um, it's not Madonna. It's sure. not Madonna. No, 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 no. But I, I always get it mixed up with with Lady Gaga's name, so I'm not sure which one is mm. the is the. Um, what is Madonna's name? We're not, terrible. Do, do, lovely producers, do we know what Madonna's real name is? Are we allowed a, a clue? It's definitely Italian. Isn't oh, it? they're going to tell us. It is her real name. No. Her real name is not Madonna. No. Madonna what? Like she needs a What's surname. What's her surname? That is not her real name. I just. Uh, I, Madonna Louise Sicconi. She's Italian, I think. Or Ooh. Sicilian. Uh, so we think DeGeneres is also Italian? No. No. I think it's like German or like Dutch or like it mm. doesn't doesn't sound Italian. So I but that's a surname's just that's only well, you one can, part. Yeah, you can get marry you into know. a different surname. Yeah, I've then... changed my surname. So I don't know if, if mm. you know, Madonna obviously dropped hers. She's got something to hide. No. Um I don't know. I don't think they're related. I don't think they're related. I think this has been. I, th- I just think this has been completely plucked from the sky, mm. and there's there's nothing to it. Like yeah. there's not even an element of truth in well, this. Well, we get told what if they are related, what the relationship is. I think like, so. Okay. Yeah. So are we saying that this is completely false and they're I think not it's related. False. Yeah. Okay. That is our final answer. <laughs> it is false. It's true. What? Eleventh cousin. Ellen DeGeneres' eleventh cousin is what's an eleventh cousin? That's not a thing. Callum, we're related, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't it like everyone is by like seven degrees of separation or something? Six degrees of Kevin Baker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we have some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some details about how they're related, but honestly, I'm not sure I care. Like, it's really, really tenuous. Yeah, that's tenuous. That that barely even counts. It's not like she's a like eleventh cousin. Like. uh, do they even know each other? I, I mean, bet. I'm sure she's been on the Ellen show. I'm sure Madonna's yeah, been on the probably, Ellen show. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> All right, so we got the first one wrong. Um, but we, I'm sure we can redeem ourselves. Let's, yeah. let's go to number two. Okay. In 1971, after an NYC office worker announced he would be, cele- would be celebrating churches that performed gay unions, hate groups set fire to his office. 1971. So 1971. Does it say what country? Are we assuming America? It's in New York City. In New York City. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. This sounds like it could sounds be like it true. I mean, Stonewall happened in 1969, mm. um, which means that two years later, yeah. a person who had been elected to office to say, you know what, we're going to celebrate any church that performs gay union. Yeah, they might have felt emboldened. They wanted to show solidarity. That makes sense yeah, to me. Yeah. Whether people, hate groups would respond by setting fire to his office, though, do we think that would have happened in 1971? Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of resistance? Like yeah, yeah, I mean, when you look at what happened to Harvey Milk. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, hate is strong. Um, and I could imagine something like that happening. Um, but I can't put a finger on who it might be or um, I don't know yeah. more about it. And the, the, the reason I kind of want to say that this might be false mm. is that I've never actually heard this before. Yeah, there's that. And again, I'm not an expert on LGBT history at all. But you like, sure? I've, I've read a fair bit. Yeah. And, you know, I've watched quite a few documentaries and things and I've mm. never actually heard this. Well, which if we is get all of them wrong. Oh, I feel like we might. <laughs> We're going to really make a show of ourselves, Dean. I just, I've just brought you on the show to humiliate you. I mean, I'll, I, I just won't retweet that I was on the show. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy the book. I just say, listen, listen to the first 20 to minutes only. <laughs> and then switch off. Yeah, quick. listen to Kim's song and then stop. <laughs> and then done. Enter the competition and then, and then you're done. Um, what are we saying? I could, it could go either way. It sounds very plausible to me. It sounds plausible. But then maybe your producers are that sneaky there, making oh, it really plausible. Is she smart enough to come up with something so sneaky, though? I'm not sure. I think she's very smart. <laughs> she is very smart. She's giving me evil eyes now. Um, 
I'm going to say, oh, I don't know, Dean. I'm going to have to throw it to you. Let's go true. True. We're saying that this is absolutely true. This did happen. Um, that is our final answer. Oh, it's false. It was quite the opposite. Um, the reaction was actually that LGBT activists threw an impromptu gay wedding in the NYC oh. office workers' workplace. Well, that's beautiful. And I'm glad that person stood up and made that stand for solidarity and, and that it was so well received. That's really lovely to hear, actually. Yeah. You know, like in 1971, that, that, that was the reaction. You know, mm. I think we have so much miserable and negative history and it's lovely to hear that... Yeah, no, this this was a little bit of happiness. Definitely, Yay. good, good, good. I mean, we got it wrong, but but still, but it has still been, lovely. Which is the beautiful still thing. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next one. Um, an official Star Trek novel was published in 1985, oh with scenes depicting Kirk and Spock as lovers. Official. Apparently so, an official Ooh. Star Trek novel. No, fan fiction, I'd believe. Obviously, yeah, because official. I just can't. I don't think that would be canon. Yeah. I don't think that would make sense, and I don't think they would officially release that. Yeah, I don't Unless know how was... I would have known this. Like, because I mean, I was one at the time. Were you born? No. no. So like, <laughs> this was, one's yeah. difficult. It doesn't feel years later. Doesn't feel like a key milestone in LGBT history. Like that would be on one of those timelines. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, but neither neither Kirk or Spock. I, I mean, I don't really know Star Trek, but neither of them have come out as gay in the future, right? No, but I think Kirk would have gone with anyone. Like Kirk was quite. Oh, he a, was just a, put it about a lot. Mm, <laughs> what a rascal, that Kirk! <laughs> I think Kirk is pansexual. Like I want to okay. claim Kirk as a pansexual okay, icon. Okay, I feel that. I feel that. Um, do we? But I just don't. It was like that seems quite progressive for 1985. Yeah, you know, considering that we don't have so much representation even now. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the world of like sci-fi and stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not great. Um, so. Should we say that one's false? I feel like it's false, yeah. I this... don't want to lead you to astray because we've got two wrong. Yeah, we can get them all wrong and we're still winners. Let, yeah, let's <laughs> get them all wrong. Let's rebel. Um, <laughs> all right, okay, let's let's say it's false. Okay. Yeah, okay, we are saying that this is false, completely fabricated. Oh, my God. It's true. How is this true? Okay, so while these parts were supposed to be edited out, the wrong version was printed. It Ooh. then became a collector's item. So, uh, who created this in the first place? They just drew it for fun? It was supposed to be edited out. Like, they were just, mm. like, joking around. Probably. I, That's really fun, though. That like, is a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. I love I don't know where you're getting this information from, but I love it. Where I want to see this collector's item. Me too. I wonder how much it goes for. Do, do, do we have pictures of it? We'd really love, we'd love to see a picture. And then we can <laughs> describe it through the magic of radio. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to the next one. So, we've got three wrong, Dean. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> just as I expected, to be honest. Yeah. All right, okay, fourth one. Uh-huh. Man, I Feel Like a Woman, the uh-huh. Shania Twain song, mm-hmm. um, was inspired by Shania Twain's first romantic encounter with a woman. Okay. Is Shania, what, is Shania Twain a lesbian, bisexual? I, I don't actually I don't know, know anything much sure. about Shania Twain, no, other no. than I like dancing to that song. It's a great song. It's a man, I feel like, like a, a woman. Like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me that it was inspired by a first romantic encounter with a woman, because that's not what the song is about. What, what do you feel the song's about? The song is about, like, I'm feeling myself, I'm feeling really confident today, like I'm going out into the world and, mm. yeah, right? That, well, I can't think what the lyrics are, but... Yeah. No, that, that seems like I'm going about, out tonight, I'm feeling all right, I'm gonna... Don't know the words. Don't know the words. Yeah, it's about going out and, like, feeling yourself... 
Sure, that's good. <laughs> but maybe it's about the other woman. Maybe it's about like seeing this really confident woman and finding her attractive. Maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. And maybe, you know, I guess if you have a sexual encounter or a romantic encounter with somebody for the first time, it, it does give you that kind of like... Mm preppiness doesn't it like yeah. oh i feel really confident I feel but really i had attractive. always interpreted it as a self self-confidence and, yeah and kind of like it's a self-love song writing it about yeah so should we should we say that's uh, false yeah i wouldn't say that <laughs> but we've just done so badly i'm all i'm part of me is like well, should we just go with the opposite of what we think no all i think time. you're right no i think you're right i think it, this has to be false um yeah this is the, yeah no we're saying false right we're saying false <laughs> <laughs> yeah f- final answer False! Yes! Yay. We got one right. Oh, um, visit to a drag bar. Oh. So, man, I feel like I'm almost inspired by Shania Twain's visit to a drag bar. So, That's literally, amazing. man feeling like a I yeah. love that. I, I feel empowered that. now. That's amazing. That is really, really cool. Yes. Uh, the more you know. Thank you for bringing these, these facts to my attention. I'm really enjoying these. Okay, we've got I one I apologise to the drag community <laughs> for not knowing that one. <laughs> like, it, we got it right, but I didn't know the reason why. <laughs> right, our last one is... Um, Germany leads the world in Google searches for gay porn. Yes. Do you do what you want? Just yes. Why? Yeah. Why? I just think. <laughs> you just think so. It just seems right. See, I think that the, <laughs> I think they're the biggest producers of gay porn. Oh. I think that is a thing. You know more than me. I think they produce more gay porn than any other country in the world. But whether that means that they produce the most Google searches for it, because I'm sure that it's being exported, you know, okay. to the rest of the world. Yeah. And also, like, I maybe feel it's all like the German poor stars googling themselves. I, 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 I kind of feel like Germany is a very sexually liberated country. Berlin is. I don't know about the rest of the country. No, a lot of it is. Yeah? Uh, if you, I've, I've been out of Munich. They, okay. they, they go, they go crazy. Okay. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like maybe, like, if they're a little bit more sexually liberated, maybe there are less people at home watching porn and more people out there, like, exploring. Perhaps. Maybe they're watching it for tips to then go true, and do true, what they can true. do. Um, I, w- I will go either way on this. I think you're like, you want to say yes. I, I said yes. You've already said yes. yes. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to talk you out of it. But it's, it's not locked happening. In. Okay, we are saying <laughs> that this is absolutely true. Germany leads the world in Google searches for gay porn. Oh. False. Oh, Dean, I'm so sorry. Um, it's actually Pakistan. Gay mm. sex is illegal in Pakistan, but it is also lead- the leading country for Google terms such as... Teen, teen anal sex and man fucking man this is wow. exactly what I meant it's a country where it's illegal and it's repressed yeah, that, that has the most searches for these things because they're not able to go out there and explore them which is actually really sad actually yeah. that's, a li- that's a little bit heartbreaking um, yeah <laughs> we got four wrong. We got four wrong and one right, but we we gave it our best effort. And Dean. we all learnt something. Today. We all learned something today, <laughs> and that is what matters. Um, right? I think we. I think it's time for some more music. Let's, Let's have please. a little bit. Oh, this is one of our absolute faves. This is Andrea De Giovanni. They're an absolute superstar. This is Forbidden Love. Make a sound. Shh. No. 
So, Dean, I understand that you were... Re- I mean, I say I understand, I saw it. Um, <laughs> you were recently on the cover of Attitude magazine. I was, that, and it was... That's very exciting. Tell me more about that. Um, it was super special. Um, it, I was on the front cover with my partner, Tom, and we were kissing, and they wanted to do a cover, 25 covers, because Attitude's been going for 25 years. Yeah. So they did 25 different um, covers with different um, pairs or groups of people kissing or being affectionate, showing love. Um, and it was just so, so such a big deal. One, to be on a magazine cover, but two, for our relationship, like to put that out there so publicly. Um, And to have been asked because... Attitude is actually the first magazine my mum gave me when I came out. Like, oh, wow. so I think she went, must have gone into the store and found the one that kind of seemed friendliest. And I think Attitude is like one of those magazines. I now write for them as well, which is really fun. But like, um, it is one of those magazines that just kind of has been really affirming for me when I've kind of dipped into it over the years because it just covers a lot of broad stories and, and um, you know, the, looks at the world and looks at the arts. But being on a magazine cover, it was a bit terrifying. Yeah, I was like, about to say. Doing the shoot and and kissing and we we shot um i think what yeah we shot outside and we had people like honking some in support some in like with negative comments to make oh, like gosh. someone on a bike shout said Ugh, and like someone in a car just shouted the word gay and i was just like yeah like that's the point and it was really interesting because the whole team doing the shoot was like this is the reason we're doing this yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. we need to confront these things like why no one shouts at a man and woman kissing in the street like so why if two men kiss in the street is such a big deal so we were really um glad that we got the chance to do it and it's um, yeah it's like a proper keepsake I'm going to frame it and put it in we're moving in together on Friday so oh. like I think it helped propel our relationship <laughs> yeah you need to put it like above the mantle yeah, or something definitely. like that, that lovely picture of the two of you kissing definitely I, th- I think it's really interesting what you were saying there about you know like it, ju- it just doesn't happen to you know a straight couple kissing mm. in the street and I also think like a lot of people don't perhaps realise how much it does happen yeah. to gay people we think I mean with with Tom now and with previous partners, I think twice when I'm holding my partner's hand mm. in the street, um, let alone kissing. You know, um, whether we're going home on the, from a night out and we rest one of us rests our head on the other's shoulder, it's like you get nervous about that because you mm. don't know. You don't. You have to keep your wits about you. Whether you're like on the street, on the underground, on a bus, like you never know what could be happening. Even outside a, a gay club, as soon as you step outside, you're like, oh, my bubbles burst. Yeah, the safety absolutely. of what I had inside this venue has gone away and um sometimes even within venues it's it's weird because i think you get a lot of tourism to gay bars i shall say <laughs> yes that, that is a that <laughs> and is so a when thing. i've been single and i've hit on guys that have been really upset and been like i'm straight and i'm like okay but don't be so upset like yeah. you know it's fine that you're here but don't get angry or upset that someone's hit on you and like it, i wouldn't get upset if a woman hit on exactly. me like oh, and they do. how dare you i bet they do all the time this has happened like once in my life and i was like oh gosh what what what, what, what? i don't know what to what do, to do? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is um it is still important to make these statements and um whether it's with a magazine cover or you know being bold and holding your partner's hand in the street i know you know it's scary if you're somewhere where that's really out of the ordinary in london or a big city or a bit more you know people might be more used to it but other places in this country it's still something that you will turn heads even if they don't say anything and it's about how you feel about making people uncomfortable maybe they need it and maybe that will kind of slowly help them realize this is a normal thing I think we have this, um, this no, it's not a problem, but there's this intro, if, if I see a gay couple holding hands in the street, mm. I get so excited mm. that my head will turn. Mm. I will look back and mm. I don't, I, I don't mean, I, I'm obviously excited about it and like, yeah. oh, 
oh how lovely like, yeah. two, like two gay boys holding hands or whatever mm-hmm. but then I suddenly become aware that I'm now looking and staring and mm-hmm. they may be I mean I hardly look like a like a you know typical straight guy who's going to cause trouble but like y- you don't know just that just smile though yeah I, think I try the, to that's the way to deal with it I think just smile um, because yeah that, that breaks down so many of the kind of misconceptions or preconceptions people might have as soon as you smile they're like oh this is a friendly person like this is okay and it would give them a sense of like okay let's keep going let's, let's keep, keep going let's keep doing this mm-hmm. i was having a conversation with one of my straight best friends recently and i was trying to explain the issues around like going on first dates for instance mm-hmm. because you know you might want to you might want to make that move you might want to you know touch them on the leg you might want to go in for the kiss at the end of the night or whatever it is yeah and i was trying to explain how you know so many lgbt plus people have this extra you know there's a, there's enough fear and anxiety on a first date as it is you know yep. when you're trying to make a move on somebody and then suddenly to throw in that extra level of but are we safe to do this here mm. are they comfortable to do this in public because they might not be and there's yeah. all these other dimensions and layers yeah. and again i think it's something that a lot of people just don't realize is an issue so I, it's, it's great to talk about it Definitely. Um, and it's also great to see you putting yourself out there on <laughs> attitude magazine one of the one of the best magazines in the world we, we love attitude <laughs> okay <Good. laughs> um we are going to be uh reacting to some sex confessions Amazing. very very shortly um but before we do that we're going to have a little bit of a trail Fubar radio presents access all areas this is the busiest little studio it in is. the land We've today. We've got the absolutely gorgeous lover, uh, Jordan Rian. Hi, <laughs> Jordan Rian. She's in the house. Quite. Well, I've just seen, I've just seen your phone ringing with a certain name on it. What is the name? Danny. What's going on now? We are together. Are you an okay. official, official couple? Were you upset <laughs> that Danny contacted some of the exes from the show? No, 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 no. Gosh, I wish I was like you. <laughs> Every Thursday. Six PM on Fubar Radio. Okay, Dean, are you ready? Are you ready to react to some of our lovely listeners' sex confessions? I'm so ready. This is really <laughs> exciting. Amazing. Well, thank you so much to all of our listeners who have sent these in. If you would like to send in confessions or questions or anything to do with sex and relationships, you can do that by emailing Callum at fubarradio.com and we will react to those and read them out on future shows. It's completely um, anonymous as well, so we we won't read out your name or tell anyone who you are. Mm. Um, Dean, would you, do you want to read some of these or, or do you want me to read them? I don't mind. Do you I want can read the okay. first one, yeah? Y- yeah, go ahead. Okay. Is it normal not to enjoy anal sex as a gay man? Okay. I mean, how long have you, how long have you got? I could talk <laughs> about this for hours and hours and hours. So I am a gay man who does not have anal sex. I've not had anal sex in about seven years now. I used to have anal sex, decided I really didn't like it. Didn't mm. like topping or bottoming. Mm. Um, and if you feel that way, it's called being a side. And it's actually really common. Um, I have no statistics to give on this. But, but just from like my sample of like... Like talking to people, talking to like radio guests, friends, meeting new people. I honestly think it's about a quarter of gay men okay. don't actually like anal sex. So it, it is completely normal. And have you found partners have struggled with that? No. no. This, is the, this is the thing. Like so many people say this to me. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, as a gay man, if you don't have anal sex, you must really struggle when meeting new people. Mm. I think literally since I stopped having anal sex all those years ago, yeah. I think there's only been two guys who were kind of, one of them was a top and one of them were a bottom and they were kind of like i like really need this in order for us to date and i was like you know what fine like you've stated your needs and i can't fit that so Mm. 
I'm sorry, but like it's it's not going to work, and that, and and that, and that's fine. I think that's very adult to kind of have that conversation. Um, but it's actually most of the time not been an issue. I don't know whether I'm just attracted to people who feel the same as me. Or perhaps well, it's you're not. so amazing that <laughs> whatever you do is great for them. They're like, just look at me, just smile at me, Callum. Oh. <laughs> so that is a th- did did you know that was a thing before, Dean? I've never heard the term side. Yes, um, I knew top, bottom, and versatile. That's all I really knew. And you know, in my life, I've I've kind of like swung different ways with yeah. it. And uh, used to think one was important or the other was really important. And now I'm kind of just like. Just whatever works for me and my partner, yeah, is gonna, nice. whether that is doing it or not doing it, you know, and it doesn't have to happen all the time. Uh, it doesn't have to happen at all. But like, I think, yeah, just for me, it's about, you know, communication with a partner and Absolutely. thinking about, you know, what they do enjoy, what they don't enjoy, what they might do out of obligation. You know, I know a lot of people that say they do certain things when hooking up or when in a relationship that they um, just do because they think it's expected of them and they've right. never actually communicated yeah. what they actually enjoy or what they don't enjoy they just think certain things have to be done you know to satisfy someone and you know whether it's you don't enjoy giving blowjobs or you don't enjoy anal sex like you should be able to say that to someone you know or if you have another thing that you do enjoy you should feel you can ask you know not yeah, insist absolutely. but ask can we try this you know but be open to the communication about why that's important to you because you know uh, we're not great at talking about sex in Britain um, I think um, but within the gay community there's also a lot of shame around anal sex and sex in general so which is kind of for me I know a lot of that came from religion you know and so for other people it may have come from other other sources but i think yeah once you can get past the shame um there's there's a lot to explore and enjoy and you know you might like one thing with one partner and not with the next so be open i think i think i think we really don't need to like box ourselves in so much either you know we don't need to say we're this thing or like Mm. I, I, you know, I'm not I'm not closed off to having anal sex again in future. You know, I haven't mm. for all these years because it's not really for me. But mm. if I decided I wanted to tomorrow, yeah. then I would. Or yeah. if I met somebody really special and th- and they really wanted to, and I felt comfortable enough to mm-hmm. start trying that again, mm-hmm. then I absolutely would. And I think I would also say to this person, you know, just as a caveat to everything I have said, that if you don't enjoy anal sex, there could be another reason for that. Like mm. maybe you you don't enjoy it because you find it too painful, for instance. And maybe yeah. there's some things that you can try to make it less painful and then maybe it'll become more enjoyable Mm -hmm. perhaps you don't enjoy it because of the partner you're with now you know there could be a million reasons you don't enjoy it so i don't think anyone should feel like they have to be like right i'm never having anal sex again or Mm. i don't like anal sex i have to have anal sex you know Mm. just just you know it's about communication and yes and just communication is key absolutely okay should we do the next one Okay. okay um I'm scared that I won't be able to settle because I hoed around in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I love the choice of words in this one. Um, I d- I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I understand this question. Uh, do you think they're saying that like they're worried that nobody will want to settle with them because they hoed around or that, that now that they've hoed around that they, they won't be able to go back? Um, yeah, without them here, it's hard to know. I mean, I think the <laughs> stigma around being sex positive like is is not one you should buy into. So the, no. the right person won't stigmatize you. So someone you want to settle with should accept your past, whether it's your sexual history or other Absolutely. things in your past. So don't um, feel that stigma. You know, they're the wrong person for you if they try and make you feel bad for having enjoyed sex. Um, 
I think if it's about you and you think you want to continue to have lots of sex and be sex positive and go out there and have multiple partners, um, you could still have a primary partner. You know, there's so many ways to have relationships. So I think you could have an open relationship. You could have a polyamorous kind of arrangement with, with various people. But it's, you know, do some reading up on that and think about if that if you're what does settling mean for you what does settling down mean for you um yeah if you enjoy the variety keep doing it until yeah. you don't want to i think it's it's great if you're enjoying it do it like yeah i i, I, I don't like that they use the word scared you know mm. like I, I don't think you should ever let that fear hold you back if mm. you you know if you're hoeing around as you so de- delicately put it yeah. you know and, you, and you're enjoying yourself yeah. then that's all that matters yeah, if you're enjoying like, yourself and looking after yourself yeah. uh, then you you are there's nothing to be scared about i don't think settling will come when it's someone that you want to be with and then that will kind of change change your mindset i think you know when there's someone that you do want to like settle with then you'll have those conversations with them organically and you'll realize okay i'm i'm really fulfilled in this um and so this will be let's have more of this and then yeah. the other people will kind of like disappear <laughs> eventually maybe absolutely I don't know. Mm. gives such in, such incredible advice there Dean. do i you do oh, you good. do <laughs> <laughs> can we ask the next one though? yeah you do. i feel like you want to do this well one. i'm asking you okay for this person okay callum <laughs> Where do you stand on group sex? I think it's great. I, <laughs> yes, is my answer to group sex. You know, I, I've I've had a lot of group sex. I'm sure I'll continue to have a lot of group sex. I think it's it's just fun. Like if you enjoy having sex with one person, then why not enjoy having sex? With when you say you've had a lot people? of group sex, like a fair you, bit. Yeah. Like I'm not going to quantify that. I'm not going to give you exact numbers, but like a, 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 a fair bit. Like, yeah. Like regular groups of people, or just you get invited to a group? Or? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how much information I want to um, divert. Is there no, a WhatsApp not group for this? Okay, I would say I would say I've had group sex with about ten different groups in my life. Nice. So you know, no, not all, not regularly or all the time, but mm. I've I've dabbled and 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 had a lot of fun with it. That's great. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I just think. It, you know why not explore these things Mm. you know i think again there's a lot of stigma around these things and there doesn't need to be yeah never more than a threesome for me i've been missing out (laughs) (laughs) live your life you've got to live your best life (laughs) you've got to live your life i i had something else to say on group sex but it's completely um slipped my mind i think i felt like i had something insightful to add um no i think we're gonna have to move on to the next one you read that um okay i want to masturbate I want to masturbate, but I'm scared slash crazy shy. How do I start? Ooh. Wow. That's an interesting one. Um, again, I'm this, the word scared for a start, there's obviously a reason for that fear. Mm. I don't know what that is. I would be guessing. Um, but there shouldn't be anything to be afraid of. Yeah. You know, nothing bad is going to happen mm. from you masturbating. It's completely normal. It's completely fine. All those myths about, you know, you'll go blind if you masturbate too much, etc. are complete nonsense. I mean, it's the safest sex you can have. It's the safest sex you can have. So, you know, I, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. But I also understand that if you're trying something for the first time, that that, that, that can be quite daunting. Mm, um, mm. But so maybe maybe just take the, try and take the pressure off yourself. Stop rushing yourself. Just, you know, if you if you fancy doing it allow yourself to do it but yeah. don't be like okay we have to do this we have to do this maybe yeah. there's just too much pressure around. and i think go slow and take it easy don't focus on like reaching an orgasm necessarily just like get to know 
that part of your body and just like just just look at it and feel it and see you know what what the sensations are in various parts and just just explore yourself and just you know i guess you need to feel comfortable in the surroundings so you know do you do you need to make sure you do it at a time when no one else is in the house or you know what why are you scared or shy is it about someone else walking in um do you have the stimulus that you need if you don't have the imagination to think of things do you want to find you know look something up that might um, stimulate you in a way um but i think yeah it, it shouldn't just be about like doing it to to come because like i think even you know sex with another person shouldn't be that either i think it should be about enjoying the body that you have our bodies are amazing and they can give us so much pleasure in so many ways and i think this is just one way to enjoy your body so i think yeah just take your time with it that's what i think yeah absolutely i think i think that's amazing advice dean um <laughs> That actually brings us right up to the end of our lovely show this evening. Oh I wish goodness. we could have done more sex confessions. I never knew that I'd be coming on to give people <laughs> advice about masturbation. And yet, here, and yet here you are. Well, welcome to the Callum McSwiggin Show. Thank on you Fubar so Radio. much for having me. <laughs> um, let's talk again really quick about your book. Where can people get it? Everywhere. People can get my book, The Black Flamingo, absolutely everywhere. So it will be out in hardback um, from tomorrow, the 8th of August. And it will be also available as an audio book and a um, a Kindle book as well. So you can get it everywhere that you can get your books and your audio books. So please do and enjoy it. Amazing. Well, I, I will definitely get, be getting myself a copy. I was just flicking through just a moment ago and it looks absolutely stunning. So I, I cannot wait to yeah, tear into yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Um, remember to enter our lovely Kim Petras competition as well. Just hop on over to the FUBAR Radio Instagram where you can enter and win yourself tickets to see Kim in heaven. Dean, you've been an amazing guest and I'm going to play you out with a little bit of Beautiful World. Woo. See you later. See ya. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.